Welcome to Ethereal Underground. I'm your host, TNT, and this is episode 15. Well, probably like most of you, I have been super busy trying to prepare for all the vectors, say, pressures or anxieties, stresses that each and every one of us face. I used to think that the complexities, stresses, anxieties, pressures, is because I'm getting older and naturally have more responsibilities, things to attend. The world matrix has a tendency to want to complicate your life with more things, more clutter, more distractions, the older that you get. But I think it's more than that. Here's why I say that. Growing up in the 80s, 1980s, life seemed simpler. And I'm sure in the 70s and 60s, it was probably even a little more simple. But growing up in the 80s and in high school, in particular the 70s earlier, that the complexities of life, the social structure, we didn't have pagers, certainly didn't have, you know, mobile cell phones of any kind, the first early car phone type style that, that was in the 90s. So you had the old dial-up or rotary phone and maybe answer machines. Or can I take a message? And then you'd get home and one of your parents would let you know that someone called and give them a call back. Or you, depending on your age, if you can recall having to wait to use the phone. And if you had some siblings or whatever, you were rolling your eyes because there was a line to use the phone. And everyone's like, hurry up, get off the phone. Or some families you had to have a, a timer where you're limited 10 to 15 minutes so that someone else could use the phone back in those days. So when you, when you had to rely on an answer machine or a message or a wait to use the phone, your, your life really slowed down because you had hours or a good half a day or maybe the next day before you could even engage with that phone call or return the message. If you go back even Earlier, before internet and email, then you would have to rely on snail mail. So you would have a letter or a document and then put it in the envelope, lick the envelope and the stamp and mail it. And you're dealing with three or four day delay if it's a, a domestic letter. And then they respond, also put it in the mail. So maybe a week goes by. So your whole life slows down to the pace of the post office, 
mail delivery, mail return with an answer, or the message and waiting your turn to use the phone. So I think in those dynamics, just by the design of the world matrix, your, your life had to have been more simple because there was time to wait on the technologies of that day, access to the phone or mail, U.S. mail. You had to wait on that available technology. So what do you do in the meantime? I don't know. If you're waiting for a response in the mail and it's three days, well, there's other things you can do. I think by design, you probably had more free time. There was more wiggle room or flexibility in your Monday through Sunday, your given week of the 70s and 80s, early 90s. And then things change. As I mentioned earlier, you get the beeper, and it uh, beep, 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 and it's hooked to your waistband or your purse, and you look at it, and then the phone number scrolls across. Now you don't have that luxury of three days by letter for a response or a half a day or several hours waiting for the phone. That little pager device now has reached you within seconds of whoever sent the page on the other end. And the expectation now is for you to call that phone number. So I think in the early days, you know, doctors had them. Beep, 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 beep. You know, the pager went off and they looked, oh, there's an emergency. I've got a patient or I need to head to the hospital, baby delivery, whatever it might be. And then commercial pilots, they had pagers because they'd have to be at the airport for a flight. And then eventually got to a point where as prices were lowered, more and more people had pagers. And the expectation is when that thing beeps, beep, 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 you should be calling that phone number, certainly within 30 minutes. So as that technology rolls out, you go from a three-day or half-a-day response, now, now in 30 minutes, to call. And if you haven't called in 30 minutes at the other end, they're like, what took you so long? You know, I paged you 30 minutes ago, and you're just now calling. We issued this pager, if it's work, work-related. We issued this pager. The whole purpose of this pager, Sam, is that when it goes off, you call us because it's important. Now you have this weight around your neck or around your ankle, this ball and chain, that you have 30 minutes of freedom before you get in trouble because of the pager going off. The expectation of your attention and your response. Then after that, the first cell phone comes out. Remember, they're like the size of a large brick. You hold, hold it up to your cordless. You hold it up to your head. It's got this giant battery in it. And now when the phone rings, you don't even have the 30 minutes of a pager. You, they expect you, if you have this, remember, they're real expensive, bulky and expensive. You, you have a uh, mobile phone. You answer that phone. So now you're within 40, 45 seconds. You better answer that phone. And then as the technology phones get smaller, the batteries get more powerful, 
the signal antennas and there's more cell phone towers and then there's more network options, cell phone, mobile phone carriers. We fast, fast forward right at the advent of the, the smartphones coming out. So the, the smartphones, you have your early Blackberry type, Mo Motorola, maybe Nokia, and later the, the Apple phones and Android series comes out, but they have a screen. So they're, they're really many computers in your hand and you could watch videos or download PDF files using your wireless data minutes. Or if you're allotted so many bytes in your monthly service contract, we get to a point where everyone has these devices, even, I don't know, what, 12 year olds, 11, 12, 13 year olds, pretty much have their own phone now. And that's completely changed society, how, how we react, the stress levels, and it's, it's sped up time. The reality of time has sped up. And the luxury of the three-day response or the half-a-day response, that's long gone. The last vestiges of that might have been early 90s. So if you were born, I don't know, 1994 and more recent, your entire life, you've never experienced what it was like to live like those in the 1950s, 60s, 70s, early 80s have. Or as what I think of as a chokehold technology, this, this ball and chain around your ankle, a, a form of slavery, it really wasn't established in the early 90s. So you, you get around middle 90s, 1994 on, if that's when you have been born since 1994, you've never experienced what life was like when it really slowed down and you had a lot of free time. Time to breathe. Time to think, time to horse around and play. Now it's seconds that you have to respond. There's no, there's no place to hide. How are you going to hide from work? How are you going to hide from family, friends? How are you going to hide from obligations? What if you just want to take a half a day with your favorite tea or coffee beverage and, and you just want to be on a park bench and enjoy the nice weather and think. You can't. Technology won't. It won't leave you alone. Cars know where you are. GPS tracking and so forth. So is this, is this neat? All these smartphones and being able to dip downstream and watch a movie on your phone or play cutesy colored grid games? theoretically seem to be free. You just download an app. You know nothing's free. So what's the motive behind all these games? Is it feeding vital information on human reaction and behavior to AI? So these AI com computers can predict every possible thought pattern, reaction, and behavior of humans so they can later hunt down humans or manipulate their reality. So you, you think a free app 
all this time and energy out of the generous of their heart so that you, while you're waiting, you can play some game on your phone and it was free. Nothing's free. What moron thinks that? So mankind's in trouble. Mankind's devolving. Ancient civilizations were way more advanced than we ever were. That's a fact. It's been scrubbed from history thanks to these wonderful Smithsonian-type agencies worldwide. We know what's really going going on behind the scenes, but this is a mess where we're at. The, the imprisonment of this prison planet, the manipulation and the hijacking of human consciousness, the erasing of liberties, the bullying and intimidation of speech and how you're allowed to think, behave, interact with others in society. There aren't any freedoms anymore. There was maybe more of an illusion of freedoms in the 60s, 70s, 80s, and then technology has squelched that. There isn't any freedoms anymore. There isn't any privacy. The 1996 Telecommunications Act stated that, you know, text messages and phone calls and emails can be spied. Everyone knows it's been listened to, tapped in, and spied since Edison's day. (laughs) Very good. So there hasn't been any privacy or freedom. It's just, what are they, Jimmy, the legislative legal books to make it legal? They've always been doing it. So here's the point. I don't necessarily need to ramble on. It doesn't have to be a long episode. But if if you have an IQ above 18, just joking around when I say that, but if, if, you, if there's any type of intelligence or thinking process left with any humans, what do you think is going on? Do you think this is normal, what we're seeing? Government behavior, social behavior, media behavior, news agencies, colleges, academia. Does this seem normal to you? Do you think we're heading in a nice, warm, fuzzy direction for mankind where you're looking forward to the next 10, 20, 50 years? I don't. Not even close to it. You you know, if you have favorite comedians. There's lots of comedians in different genres, style of comedians, male, female, over the years. So you could pick some of your favorite comedians, especially if they have longevity in that field. They've been around 25, 35 years, that type of a career comedian. Have you ever noticed that in the early days of that comedian, they're young and sprite and the the energy level? Perhaps it's old television episodes. They, They get their shot. Back in the day, if you were on Johnny Carson and you got a spot on his show, that was huge. And then 
after your bit, if he asked you to sit down or engage in a conversation, boy, you really made it big time then. Or if it's uh, getting your own cable TV special, or you're pretty well known on your circuit of the comedy club type across, across the nation, if it happened to be filmed, video, recorded, look at these comedians when they first start. Got the whole world ahead of them. And I would say it's safe, safe to say that this, is, this would be when they're in their 20s. Typically, that's they're out of high school, maybe out of college or close to being out of college. A lot, a lot of comedians maybe went for a year or two and said, you know, this I don't want to do this. And they really love interacting with the audience. And it takes a lot of courage and guts to go live and do stand-up. So typically, it's in the 20s when they start. Look at the old footage. Look at their humor in their 20s. Look at the same comedian now when they're in their late 50s, mid-60s. Has their presentation changed? Has their humor changed? Yeah, it has. Every single one of them. Every one of them. Look after 30 years of any comedian. Look how they have aged. Look how the world and this matrix has soured them. Is their humor upbeat anymore? No. They're very negative, very dark, still funny, but their obs observations in life still spot on. Perfect example, he's not here anymore, George Carlin. Look at his black and white humor, early days of Johnny Carson, and look, look at the last eight years of his life, last 10 years of his comedy. The disgust he had with the stupidity of society, the corrupt politicians and, and media. It's a big club and you ain't in it. That type of thing. Look at it, how his humor changed. It can't. Every comedian, the humor changes because this world calcifies. It hardens the individual. It squeezes all the joy and optimism that you have in your 20s and you dry up from a grape to a raisin by the time you're in your late 50s and 60s and beyond. It's unavoidable. This is a very dark and insidious world, meaning the man-made system engineer's world. The planet, everything connected to the divine or source, nature, it might be suffering due to mismanagement of greed of corporations, government behavior, the next-door neighbor dumping his motor oil in his backyard when he knows he shouldn't. Yeah, the earth is suffering, from, but... Nature beats at its own rhythm and left alone plugs along with normalcy. It's this fake world matrix of man, the fake matrix of shopping malls, retail, corporation, TV and music, universities, the medical industry. organized religions or other NGOs or charitable organizations. I don't know. You, you know what they are. That's, what, that's what's corrupt, and that's what's 
deviated from nature. It's not connected spiritually. That's the world that hardens all these comedians, hardens all of us. Zaps our life energy and distracts us from what the purpose of life is in the first place. What are we here on this planet for? I know you listening. I don't know. What is what is your I get about 100 listeners. Maybe a couple people listen to it more than once. 100 of you out there. You know the purpose of life is not getting that handbag, right? In the infinity pool or a high-end luxury car. It's not chasing plastic and leather. If you have 90% of the world's population chasing that or wishing that they could have that, they, they I don't they've missed the whole purpose in life. The few people that really know the spiritual essence, what we're here for, and how life functions between our reality and counter space, they're the only ones that will probably be granted with conscious existence long term, maybe even forever. The evidence is very clear, even observing nature, that those that have life and blow it, chasing plastic and leather, never advance spiritually, they're not going to get a second, third, fourth chance. It's game over. That's their problem. Certain aspects of free will gives you and me, gives all of us the opportunity to use knowledge and wisdom, intellect, to dig deep, ask searching questions, try to find the answers, and get onto a, a spiritual path where you connect at the highest level, and then maybe show that we're worthy of the energy it takes to have life and to have consciousness. If you squander it away, then nature... The universal law of conservation of energy and the producer of energy, it's not going to dispense energy to an entity that wastes it, that misuses it. Energy is only going to go to entities where energy passes through and is productive and stimulates and promotes life experience. So what are, what are your chances think of, of a conscious entity that's involved in criminal activity or harmful activity against humans, against children, against animals? You think that behavior would be tolerated by ultimate energy source? No, of course not. Now, let's say, oh, I've caused no harm. You know, the little old lady, she's in a rocking chair. She's 80 years old. She's going to church every Sunday, and she gives kids treats. And I don't know. She makes chocolate chip cookies or something like that. And everyone loves her. She's been in the same township community. She's 80 years old or older. You think, well, she's a good source of energy. Surely she's going to have longevity and perhaps experience consciousness after death. Really? You hope so, but dig deep. Or at least she needs to dig deep. 
just being a good citizen and baking cookies for the kids and or knitting something for the grandkids and minding your own business, that's not necessarily either a productive use of that energy from energy source. You might not have caused any harm, but you're kind of middle in the road, lackadaisical. Did you advance spiritually? Did you tackle those tough conversations? Did you get persecution and resistance because you dared to challenge neighbors and family on higher? Con- or did you spend 80 years just talking about Wheel of Fortune and how the weather was and how Sunday sermon was and you played it safe for 80 years, never ruffled any feathers, but you didn't go deep spiritually? I got news for you. Source of energy, that ain't going to cut it either. So we all got problems. You need to figure it out just like I have to figure it out. I'm not here to hold anyone's hands and be some spiritual leader or guru. I'm just telling you, I have gotten into confrontations. I have had the persecution, the prejudice, and the bias because I dared to go into deep subjects when no one else would. I've had the tomatoes and cabbage thrown at me. I've had the death threats. I didn't play it safe like the 80-year-old lady in the rocking chair in that small Catholic town. Get it? What are you doing? Are you playing it safe? Or are you going deep and showing some type of track record to the energy source that you're worth consciousness? You don't have to prove anything to me or anyone else. This is an individual evaluation. You and the divine source. It's none of my business. It's no one else's business. But you, I sure hope that you're brave enough and honest enough to have thought this and had these internal conversations. Because that's what this is all about. Look, I'll wrap this up this way. Look at the supply chain issues. Look at all governments in the economic structure, the debt that can never be paid back, the mismanagement of resources, greed, cover-up. If you're of the upper echelon of society, they never go to jail. They literally get away with murder. You look at the environment and the sustainability with water cycles, weather patterns, crops, soil conditions, cleanliness of water, fresh water. What's happening to the oceans? Marine biologists, are the the oceans becoming toxic, toxic, polluted? What about the ecosystem in the oceans? Where we're headed? What do you think is going to happen next two, four, five years? Think it's business as usual? Better think again. So how much time do we how much time do we have left? How much time are you still going to be alive? You think you're going to live to get your retirement? Your retirement's gone. You know the pensions have been stolen years ago by the slick suit, white shoe boy Mercedes guys in Wall Street. And I've had people go, well, there's people getting pensions today. I'm like, oh my gosh. You, Idiot. 
I don't have time. If I got to sit here and explain to you how people right now, well, my my uncle, he's been getting his pension last, I don't know, at least 20 years. What do you mean it's all been stolen? Going, he Wouldn't his checks have stopped? Well, they're all going to stop very soon, including your uncle. But what he got for the last 20 years, trace that money. Where did that money come from? It's not the old funds, the billions and billions of dollars of funds that's supposed to support him the rest of his life and re- recent retirees, let's say, of his union or his firm. He's strictly getting that check based on recent contributions of that corporation's The old money that's supposed to be banked and building at 8%, almost all pensions worldwide and insurance companies need 7 to 8% to be sustainable. 7 and 8% hasn't been available in 20 years. So pensions have dried up like Lake Mead. So all pensions will come to a screeching halt. When? Next two years. What kind of mood your uncle going to be in who's gotten his pension the last 20 years, but it's all going to be gone in two years? Think he'll be okay with that? Think the world will be okay with that? Europe's had negative interest rates for years. And all those European pensions need 8% to survive. They haven't gotten 8% in over 20 years, just like the United States. So if you're a German engineer, work for Bosch company or something of that, that nature, just picking out a name, how's that pension sustainable? Where have they been investing when legally they're forced to invest in government bonds or certain security arrangements and they haven't paid 8% in 20 years? How's any pension going to survive? Simple math. You don't have to have a PhD in statistics or mathematics to know the pensions have collapsed. The money's gone. It's gone a long time ago. So everything's coming to a head. Now, now we have immune system issues. Old ancient pestilences are going to come back with a vengeance because we have billions of Petri dishes walking around that will incubate. So it's, it's not a bright picture. So you can bury your head in the sand. That'll that'll last maybe maybe next 24 months. Well, I'm happy for you. What are you going to do after the 24 months? Good luck. So there's a lot of stresses. There's a lot of thinking. And I always say, which gets poo-pooed, but at least I've gone on record, each and every one of us better get our act together spiritually. Because if death is coming, if we're not going to be around in two years, and there's a strong chance that a lot of us won't. Most of the world won't. Starvation, lack of water, war, pestilence. So if it's lights out for you and me in two years, what kind of record have you made in counter space? Is there any justification for you to be rebooted, reignited with that energy? What's your report card look like? What's mine look like? That, ladies and gentlemen, is what I think we should all be worried about. Well, that being said, have a good day, weekend, get out in nature, get away, get away from TV, social media, smartphones, at least two days a week, try to get out in nature and get spiritual. I'm signing off.